halfway through. We have stories of the dead coming back to life to tell us of the dead evil. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The All-American All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my friend Will. What's up? And the Professor Smokes. Hello. And this week, we are going to get in the Wayback Machine and go all the way back to 2013, and we're going to watch The Conjuring, or we're actually, we already watched it, we're going to discuss The Conjuring, the movie that started a dynasty. So I guess before The Conjuring we... Universe. Yeah. <laughs> as it's known now. So I guess uh, before we dive into it, uh... Will, what you been uh, up to lately? You been watching anything good? Or? Watched uh, Stranger Things Season 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime. Highly recommend that one. Uh, that's, that's about it, though. Smoke, what about you? Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, finally took the dive into it. I mean, it's, you know, it's like they just dropped, what, Season 3 not too long ago. We had uh, not even seen the first on, season. I think it came out on July 4th, actually. July 4th, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we went ahead and ended up binging. I don't know why we just put it off for so long. I mean, I've been wanting to watch it. So we finally got around to seeing the first season. And then we just binged the second season as well. So now we're up to episode one, I think we watched, of the third season. Just the mm-hmm. uh, day before yesterday. I'm almost right there with you. I'm actually about halfway through the second episode of this. Oh, okay. Third, yeah, so. Actually, I take it back. We might have ended up watching two episodes now. Can we if we watch the first and then you know because sometimes it just goes you know the, the way Stranger Things ends like every episode is just about a cliffhanger like damn it no I'm gonna watch the next one now and yeah. the next oh, one yeah. and, <laughs> so you know we may have been in, ended up getting to the second episode as well so Will but, uh, since this, this is a case where you you've actually already seen it what'd you think of this season you know without spoilers of course but what'd you think oh you know it's 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 a straight nostalgia fix. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a, a song number like through one of the episodes uh, that kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, it, it's very much hurt mid uh, late eighties, mm-hmm. but it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Just, just as good or better, or worse than like say compared to the first couple seasons or. Oh yeah. I'd say just as good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, good. I haven't yeah. read too much about the background of storylines and all that stuff, but didn't they, of course, you know, season two ends the way it ends and where they could just kind of have stopped at that point if they really wanted to. I, mean, I guess I thought, they had to go and write, create some other stuff that's going on now, right? Separate from before. Well, I definitely <laughs> felt that. like after the first season, they could have, you know, they could have, like, that's yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't know, you know, when they were making it that it... Yeah, how, how much was going to take off. Yeah. <laughs> not only, not, I mean, that, that's a legit pop culture phenomenon. I mean, it's not oh, yeah. just a hit for Netflix, but that thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, 
That's everywhere. mainstream for sure. Yeah, I think they tapped all the right, you know, pushed all the right buttons, whatever, for old school heads that you know that grew up in all the stuff, whether it be Dungeons and Dragons, the music that's in the episodes and all that stuff. Plus, not only that, but like um, my fiance's youngest daughter loves the show, and she is not going to get all those 80s references. So I think they did a good job of doing it for both sets of people, you know, people who grew up in that era and for people, younger people now. Who, yeah, I mean, it definitely crosses, enjoy it. it has mass appeal in that regard. Yeah. I mean, like, because, oh, yeah. you know, not only does it nail its target audience, you know, basically us, you know, people, yeah. in, the, people in their 30s and 40s, but yeah. uh, it also uh, has that coming of age type story with the kids and stuff that's going to connect with, you know, just about anybody, regardless of whether you, yeah, whether you grew up that in that in the eighties or not. Myself, uh, man, it it took me a while, but I, I was milking it for whatever reason. But I finally finished watching Dunkirk. You know the uh, Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yeah. Have y'all both seen that? I I have not seen that yet, but I remember when it came out, and I wanted to see it, and I just that was another one of those that slipped through and haven't got around to it yet. Will, did you see it? You said it? no. I couldn't no. hear you. No, you haven't. Okay. Well, I, I won't. I won't uh, say much else about it then, because I don't really want to not only spoil it, but I don't want you to have any pre- preconceived notions. I think you need to see it for yourself, and then maybe we'll discuss it when we do that. Yeah, it so was it's part uh, two of the Inception, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you just have to see it. But I finally finished that, and uh, you know, just catching up on a couple other shows and some movies and stuff like that. I guess before we go any further, we'll go ahead and uh, toss to the uh, trailer for 2013's The Conjuring. Right, it's 918. We're headed down into the cellar where the door's just opened on its own. You give us a sign that you want to communicate with us. Nothing. What are you guys? Well, we've been called ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. There's someone here that would like to talk to you. There's something horrible happening in my house. It's November 1st, 1971. I'm sitting here with Carolyn Perrin, who, with her family, has been experiencing supernatural occurrences. You picking up anything in here, hon? Something awful happened here, Ed. What is it? Whatever Lorraine sees, feels, touches, it takes a toll on her. A little piece each time. You have a lot of spirits in here, but there was one that I'm most worried about because it is so hateful. That's not going to help. This thing has latched itself to your family. Father, we've never seen nothing like this. I'm coming with you. No way. I can't lose you. There's a lady in a dirty nightgown that I see in my dreams. She's standing in front of my mom's bed.
and that was the trailer for The Conjuring. Um, so I guess before we start diving into the you know the background information and you know discussing the film like we normally do, Will, what was your initial thoughts of uh, the movie since this is the first time you saw it, right? Yeah, well, coming into it, you know, I, I enjoyed Annabelle, so like I guess I had a pretty high hopes coming into that. Cause I'm pretty sure I gave it a pretty high rating. Uh, mm-hmm. And it definitely came through. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It, it plays on all the uh, the stereotypes of, of people being scared in a house before you start seeing things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the spooky new house, uh, people around corners, freaks, and where they come from, all, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, as a reference point, uh, we did Annabelle back in uh, just a couple episodes ago, uh, episode 12. And you gave it three and three quarter stars. Smoke gave it two and a half stars, and I gave it three stars. So that's kind of a where we're at on the pecking order as far as we, Annabelle was concerned. And I believe we told you too, you know, when we were talking about that one, that if you enjoyed that, which you obviously did, then you would definitely enjoy The Conjuring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smoke, did you? Obviously, this is the first time you saw it, but uh, did you see this in the in the theaters when it came out? The Conjuring. Yes. Yeah, I saw it then, and then I'd seen it maybe. One other time when it first came out on DVD or whatever, mm-hmm. and so this is the only third time I've seen it, and it's been it had been a number of years, of course, since whenever that DVD had come out. I mean, the movie came out in twenty, what was it, twenty thirteen? Yeah, I actually saw that when I was yeah. looking through stuff. It came out on uh, DVD, like I think, like uh, mid to late October of the same year, twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, so yeah. So I, I think so, yeah, it sounds like they kind of fast tracked it, Blu-ray. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great the first time around. In the theater, the second time around, thought it was even better. It was another one of those that grew even more on you the second time. I think and re- bears repeated viewings. Obviously, like I said, this is the third time I've seen it, and the first time I've seen it since 2013. Mm-hmm. So, uh, enjoyed it all over again. And some of the stuff I had kind of forgotten, so it, some of the jump scare things worked again for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe uh, as we sit here in uh, 2019 that it's already been six years. Since the yeah. movie came out, it's crazy. Oh, I mean, you know, now that they've had a number of movies, I guess you know you look back and say, "Well, I guess that's about right." It just doesn't feel like it's already been that long. No, that, yeah, it just the universe has expanded in the Conjuring yeah. so much. So now that that uh, that yeah, that six years just does not seem like it's been six years. Yeah, I mean, since this came out, it, this is probably arguably what the biggest uh, horror franchise. One of them, right? I guarantee money yeah, oh yeah. for sure. It's only going to continue to grow from here. And we, we talked about that in episode 12. But Wasn't um, this the highest grossing horror movie at the time that it came out ever? Hold on. I actually have that list in front of me. And uh, no. It might have been one of the better opening weekends, which I don't have okay. that in front, front of me. But uh, as far as like worldwide gross, uh, it's only number 17. Yeah, no, no. I meant at the time that it came out. No, even at that time, no. Really? No, at that time, it would have been the sixth sense, if you okay. consider that horror, I guess. You know, I guess that's, what would you consider that smoke horror, thriller? What would you consider the sixth yeah. sense? It's another one of those that I kind of, I mean, I think, I still kind of consider it horror, because, I mean, it deals with supernatural, and it's got, you know, it's got the scares and everything in it. I mean, it kind of, yeah. of course, goes into other genres, too, but, but yeah, I mean, I would still kind of put that in there. At least yeah. thriller, horror thriller, yeah. I guess. I guess how, however you wanted to slice it, I mean, as far as like, uh, you know, a list that I've got up here in front of me, um, at that time, the, the top one would have been The Sixth Sense and War of the Worlds and I Am Legend and Jaws, yeah. of course. Yeah, I found what it was. It achieved the highest opening weekend for an original R-rated movie or horror. 
Yeah, now that okay. wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if it's all, yeah, for sure. Because if I, uh, I also have that up, it made $61.7 million in its opening weekend. So that's, that's big dough for a horror movie, for sure. And since then, of course, I'm sure, uh, you know, a, a couple others have come along and blown it out of the water. You know, just there's probably been years. some, even within the Conjuring universe, there's probably been some, because I mean, that was the first one and yeah, it had some, it had some hype behind it. But then, you know, even more so, I think, as they started coming out later. <laughs> It made, uh, uh, you know, I'll kind of jump ahead, but I'll, I'll just share this a little bit. The Conjuring, this one, made $319.4 million, round up, $0.5 million, right? The Conjuring 2 made 320 yeah. or 0.4, so just about a million more. And then The Nun actually made more than both of them. It made $365.5 million. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just, so, and, that, and that's not even counting, of course, Annabelle Creation made $306.5 yeah. So, just those four movies alone, if you want to stack them up against other horror franchises, that puts them, that puts them head and shoulders above just about everything. Outside of maybe, say, what Godzilla movies, if you want to connect all the gross those things have made over, you know, <laughs> the last 60 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like we said, by any metric, however you want to slice it, this has been highly successful. And this is the movie that started it all. And it came in with a lot of, I think there was a lot of hype behind it, you know. Mm-hmm coming in too you know like the i think they had marketed it well the trailers were, were pretty good and, you know and the fact that you had that true story thing and you know i'm sure people dug around to find more stuff about the warrens and that connection to amityville so there was that oh, yeah. you know yeah that's true there's so, a lot of history of a lot of horror history involved with it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah and, and, I'm, and, and i'm sure anyone that follows that type of stuff like goes paranormal investigations whatever you knew about the warrens you know even before mm-hmm. this movie came out Yep. So, The Conjuring, 2013, the one that started the whole Conjuring universe, uh, it was released July 19, 2013. I think that was another thing, too, that I saw, that it was one of the biggest horror openings of all time, like in June or July or something like that. Basically, like, not too many horror movies open in the summer. Out that summer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, I think I saw where it was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like in July or something like that. Something along those lines. At least since something had come out like six or seven years prior to it, and I don't recall what it was, but yeah. Um, so it came out July 19, 2013, by, and it was uh, by New Line Cinema, The Saffron Company, and Evergreen Media Group. And it was, of course, distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures, so this is, this is their whole universe, Warner Brothers. Um, the total runtime is one hour and 52 minutes, so it's a bit long, you know, for horror standards. But uh, to me, it doesn't necessarily feel quite that long, though. No, it moves, moves along pretty much. Do you think so, Will? I mean, since this is the first time you saw it, did you think, was it moving along for you, or did it drag? Uh, what would you think? Yeah, no, no, it, it had a pretty good pace. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was rated R. Now, I thought this was funny. I found a, a quote from, uh, I think it was... Uh, one of the producers, or it wasn't James Wan, but it was one of the producers, possibly. But so it got the rated R rating, right? So the when the quote is, when we asked them why, they basically said it's just so scary. There are no specific scenes or tone you could take out to make it PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. That I saw that too, and it was actually when we were watching it just now. I, I couldn't remember what it was rated, and I asked the fiance, "Like, was this rated R anyway?" Because up to that point, it was halfway through the movie, and I'm thinking, you know, there's no real gore going on there's a one there's a certain scene where there's a little bit of blood from the that demon thing right when it kind of vomits into the blood and but that's really quick real fast scene other than that there wasn't much violence and i'm thinking what is this rated anyway then we'll come back yeah it was all it was rated r 
and so it, it must be for, for Terra. <laughs> yeah, it, said, it says on the back of the DVD, R for Terra and, you know, a certain amount of violence or whatever, not like graphic violence. I didn't have that listed on it because there really wasn't any graphic violence. Terra was the main thing. I'm like, Terra is kind of a subjective thing. You know, some people are completely terrified of the opening scenes of E.T. Yeah. When E.T. is <laughs> running through the, you know, the woods and all this stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of a subjective thing. It's just weird to me that it was rated R for Terra. Yeah. But, I just thought it was funny that basically it's called, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing you could take out of this that would get it yeah. to PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> no specific scenes or tone you could take out. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that tell, you know, once again, that tells you kind of like how they did this. It's more of a visceral kind of uh, terror, like you said, or horror, you know, in that like you, you just have a feeling of unease more than, you know, I'm looking at something truly horrific. It's more of like, you know, what's going to happen to this family? And it's probably got a lot to do with the fact that there's five girls in this family, you know, and you're, oh, yeah. you're concerned for this family because it's five uh, young girls. Of course, like I said, this is the first film of the Conjuring Universe franchise based on the case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were paranormal investigators. Um, this movie had a budget of $20 million. In the U.S., it opened to $61.7 million, like we just said. And then in the, in the United States, it ended up grossing $137.4 million. But worldwide, it made $319.5 million. Um, I, thought, I, thought, I think I saw, too, in those numbers, like uh, the, the U.S., it made the most money. But the second most was Mexico, for some reason. <laughs> it made the second most money. It is the number 16 all-time horror release worldwide, you know, as of uh, recording this in August of 2019 at least. It's the number 16 all time, because I'm sure we're on the approach of It Chapter 2 about to bust this thing through the, <laughs> yeah. out of the water. <laughs> so it's about to go down at least number 17 here pretty, so, pretty soon I'm sure. It was originally titled The Warren File. Now apparently there's another part of it too, like I didn't go deep into that part of it but apparently this thing uh, had been kind of written and passed around for years before it finally got made. Um... I guess the, the, you know, the general idea of it, you know, making movies about the Warren files mm. and uh, like, it sounded like they had to do to make this thing like five, six years before it, you know, it actually happened, you know, for one reason or another. Um, but once they finally, you know, gave it the green light, it was, you know, away we go. But apparently it was originally titled the Warren, Fi the Warren files for a short amount of time. And then they changed it to the conjuring, which that would have made sense too. If you just, you know, if you wanted to start it all off with the Warren files and it make, you know, like, yeah. like they are with like Annabelle and all these other ones, the nun that would have made sense too, but yeah. either way. Um, but yeah, the conjuring is, it does give it a certain amount of what is the title, the conjuring it pretty yeah. much know sort of what you're in for. Well. Yeah. That's definitely more leans, more horror thriller than uh, the Warren yeah. files. If you read that, yeah. you, like it would have been a good name, but it also would have been like, and eh, that could be anything, you know. Yeah, it could be. What is it like? X Files is it dealing yeah. with aliens. Is, is, it, is aliens? it a military show? What is it? Oh, yeah, a movie? Yeah. <laughs> it was shot in Wilmington, North Carolina, so not too far from uh, where where all of us reside. And from February to April of 2012, and another interesting tidbit I saw is that it was actually shot in chronological order. You don't see that very often. Mm -mm. And most of it was shot like in a back lot or whatever in some studio in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I think there were some, uh, you know, I guess some, some with the house and stuff like that, some exteriors that they yeah. shot that wasn't in this, but pretty much everything else was in the studio. So it stars Vera Farmiga as Lorraine Warren. And you may know her from, she's been in a, a number of things, but you may know her best from the movie Orphan, uh, that A&E show Bates Motel. And more recently, she was in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. 
and she's been in a ton of other things, but, you know, I just figured those would be the ones that, you know, one of those could click for you. Also stars Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. Now, he's been in a ton of stuff as well, uh, including Watchmen, three of the four Insidious movies, one, two, and four. Um, the movie Bone Tomahawk that we need to get around to watching one of these days. And uh, Aquaman, among a, a litany of other things. Um, it also stars Lily Taylor as Carolyn Perrin. She is uh, the mom in the movie that's uh, of the family that's uh, kind of you know being haunted. Her her background once again she's been in, in a handful of horror and uh, other stuff. She's been she's been kicking around doing stuff in Hollywood since the late '80s. She was actually in an episode of Monsters, that uh, anthology series back in the day. She's m- probably most famously known from the 1999 movie The Haunting. Um, she was also in the uh, Netflix show Hemlock Grove, and. Uh, 2017's Leatherface, which I still haven't watched that one yet. Which which one was that? The... I think that's the prequel, right? For Leatherface, like kind of how he became Leatherface. Oh, okay. Oh, that's the the sequel slash prequel to the remake, right? That that uh, Jessica uh, Peele was in. Good right? Lord. Yeah, so, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one either. I didn't. I didn't see that. One, nor did I see the uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D yet. <laughs> I think I have seen that one, but I didn't see uh, Leatherface yet. Well, I know you've probably watched it a number of times and have it on Blu-ray, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> Who's this leather face you speak of again? <laughs> that's a it's a band, right? <laughs> if if it's not, then that would be a really good name. Um, and it also stars Ron Livingston as Roger per, uh, Perrin. He is the uh, dad of the family, and you may know him probably best from Office Space. He's like basically the main dude in Office Space. He was also in the the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers, and uh, I think he played in a handful of episodes of Boardwalk Empire on HBO as well, and a number of other movies and shows, but those are the, more, the ones you know him the most from. And, of course, it was directed by James Wan, who is like the godfather of uh, current horror, basically, because he's like the mastermind or the, you know, the, puppet, the puppeteer of the Conjuring universe. Um, for years, he, he kind of oversaw the Saw franchise because he directed the first one because I think he was a producer on all the rest of them. Um, same deal with the Insidious franchise, because I think, I could be wrong, but I think he directed the first one, but and, you know he had his paws all over it. And he also directed Aquaman, which came out, that was 2018, right? And I believe he's down uh, to direct Aquaman 2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's done a number of other things, but yeah, he's, needless to say, he's been highly successful over the last 10, 15 years. It was, this movie was written by Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes, which I'm not sure if they're related or not, but sounds like they probably are. And it was produced by Rob Cowan, Tony DeRosa Grund, and Peter Safran. There's all your interesting tidbit info background. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we dive in? I mean, did you see anything else that I failed to mention? Yeah, the, the, the two guys are siblings. Okay. Uh, I did read that. Uh and I read like the the early versions of this uh, this I guess screenplay for the movie. Uh, it wasn't really supposed to focus around the Warrens. It was it was supposed to uh, be told from like the the family's point of view, which I think would have gave like a whole different tone to the movie. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, honestly, that probably would have felt like a lot of these type of movies. Let's face it. I mean, not off the top of my head, I can't name a bunch, but there's a lot of movies that are very similar to this. Obviously, Amityville, which is, you know, kind of from the same deal anyways, right? But there's probably some other ones. Smoke, can you think of any off the top of your head? They're 
very similar to this, like Haunted Family movies? Uh, the Well, like you mentioned, Amityville as well as the Amityville remake. We go back to, hell, you're talking about The Haunting, and that which is a remake itself yeah. of a 1960 yeah. movie called The Haunting. Uh, so I think it pretty much any movie you do with paranormal activity, so to speak, yeah, uh, is going to be playing with those tropes, those stereotypes types and things of that nature. I guess it's up to the writers and the filmmakers how they differentiate it and what they can do to put their own spin on it, I guess, and make it a little bit different than the one that came before it. So. Something else I read is uh, uh, the, the people that own the, the actual house that you know supposedly all took place in, mm-hmm. uh, after the movie came out, uh, sued the producers of the movie. Uh, apparently they've been uh, hassled, like had like satanic stuff left on their property and you know, just get messed with since the movie is is come out. Now that's just that that's the movie, or I would assume they're talking about the house where the actual right where the actual event supposedly took place, right? Not not like the house that's in the movie, but yeah, yeah, the the one where it actually took place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And then uh, the 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 one last thing was uh, apparently when this uh, movie played in the Philippines, hmm. uh, they brought priests in to bless the movie. <laughs> that just sounds more like a studio uh, stunt. <laughs> no, like oh, a gimmick, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah. like a uh, William Castle gimmick from the fifties or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost like giving out barf bags or something. <laughs> we are not responsible for any possessions that take place during the filming of this, or the screening of this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have priests on hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, then uh, one more thing. Uh, Lorraine Warren was actually in the movie. Yeah, I, I did see that. Like she's uh, yeah. in the uh, uh, toward the beginning, I think, and the uh, she's one of the people in the one of the lectures or something. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she's sitting up in the very front. Yeah. Now I believe they've both passed away now, right? Like in real life, like Ed and Lor- uh, Lorraine Warren. Yeah, I think she it wasn't too long ago that she passed away. I believe, right? He passed away. Ed Warren passed away in August of two thousand six. Mm. She literally just passed away in April of twenty nineteen. She was 92 years old. I wonder if she was in any of the other ones, you know, just out of curiosity. Like, they, she becomes the Stan Lee of the Conjuring universe. <laughs> they just have her standing around in the background. But well, I, I did see that she was, uh, I think, in, God, what was it, Amityville 2? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. like I said, you know, that, that was another one of their case files. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, we can't forget a Father Perez appearance. Oh, oh yes, which I don't think, which I don't think he, he's in this one. But that would have been they missed the boat on that. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, like we had talked about, I think you mentioned about. I, well, I, was telling you, I don't think I've seen La Llorona yet, right? No, not yet, no. That, that was like I said when we were talking about. Forget what movie we were talking about, but we were mentioning what we'd seen re- previous or recently or whatever. Yeah, I'd seen La Llorona, and I, that was the only linking thing between <laughs> that, that kind of universe was Father Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> well, hey, well, you know, however you got to make it work, right? That's true. Yeah. It's a good cheap, uh, cheap way to connect some other movies into it. So, like, if yeah. that one had, if that movie had truly bombed, like, you know, people shit on it, and it had truly yeah. bombed, that you wouldn't even mention it, right? Or maybe it's just <laughs> something only us horror fans would obsess over yeah. is that there's a connection there. Otherwise, you don't mention it. But I'm, I'm guessing it probably did well enough to where they can kind of, all right, well. we'll it kind of counted. We'll, we'll just we'll talk about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, yeah, it's a great little marketing thing there for you know people that are really into the Conjuring universe. Exactly. Maybe wouldn't seen this movie outside of that. Maybe not. But yeah. now that you've linked it to it, 
Well, yeah, I got to see it now. <laughs> yeah, now, now you have to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there was a scene. Oh, well, no, I'll forget what scene it was. Well, once we get into it, there was a scene in there where a uh, stunt person's wig fell off or something. I can't remember which scene that was. <laughs> I, I don't remember <laughs> saying anything about that. But that's like uh, the Star Wars scene where the stormtrooper <laughs> in the first one was doing like yeah, knock, yeah. The, knock the shit out of his head, and nobody. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm sure there's tons of that in movies. If you ever really oh, like, pour over things, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Notice the continuity of things or big mistakes they just left in. Or, or one of the more famous ones just from the last handful of months in Game of Thrones. The last season of Game of Thrones where there's like a Starbucks cup clearly sitting on the table in this <laughs> in this, in this fantasy uh, uh, myth-filled world of Game of Thrones. There's a Starbucks cup. Hey, man, they put them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think there was another another there was another mistake in that in the last season too where they they left like a water bottle under the chair. Anyways, yeah, I mean you, there's probably another half an episode or a minisode right there just talking about mistakes in movies. Oh yeah, the goose and gaff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be a good uh, uh, minisode there. Smoke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. All right. So, anyways, back to the Conjuring. So we'll go ahead and dive into the movie. So it begins with uh, the Annabelle case, or it actually says Annabelle case year 1968 on the bottom. And then it's the same exact opening scene, for, for the most part. It's not exactly the same, but it's pretty much the exact same opening scene from Annabelle, you know, which, which came out, which was this, the next movie after this, mm. which we mentioned in the Annabelle episode that they had done that. And they're kind of explaining, like, they bring this doll, this Annabelle doll, to the Warren, and they're explaining how, you know, they've been haunted by this thing. So, like, they, they kind of do a flashback of how it was messing with the, it's like two, uh, two young nursing students or something. And they're getting messed with by Annabelle. Like they, they, what did they say it was? Like a, uh, the spirit of of a little girl that had died, or someone that had died yeah. in their apartment or house or whatever. And they invited it into That's the doll. Yeah, yeah, is what they said. And basically, then the doll starts messing with them, and they're like, "No, no, you invite." Basically, you invited a demon into your into yeah. your house. Um, so yeah, it shows them how, like a flashback of how it was messing with them. Like she wrote like a miss. Like they went out to dinner or something like that. And there was a note left that said, miss me on it. And then they walk into the room, like one of the bedrooms, and it's written all over the walls, miss me. Um, so they took her outside and threw her in the trash can. And then, of course, uh, there's a knock on the door in the middle of the night. And uh, there's a note that says, miss me. And then she, they turn around and, like, uh, they hear her knocking, open up the closet door, and she's in the closet. Or she's yeah, back in the house. At this point, for me, I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope, I'm good. Uh I'll keep the rent up as long as you want to stay here. This place is yours. Uh, you can stay here. Leave me out of it. You can stay here, demon rent free. <laughs> you know, but if you want to chip in a little something, yeah, that's all. <laughs> Just don't make your presence known. No, I mean, all look, right. It's cool. It, it, if I can bring, if I can bring some people through around Halloween, just kind of make a little bit of money that way. Uh, that's yeah, all. Yeah. I, I, help me make the rent. <laughs> they don't really talk about it, but basically the Warrens take the doll, um, and then it cuts to the Warrens giving a lecture, uh, giving a lecture like at a college about the doll or whatever. And then it uh, there's a cool little like it's like a freeze frame, and then the words come up on the screen. Since the 1960s, Ed and Lorraine Warren have been known as the world's most renowned paranormal investigators. Lorraine is a gifted clairvoyant, while Ed is the only non-ordained demonologist recognized by the Catholic Church. Out of the thousands of cases throughout their controversial careers, there's one case so malevolent they've kept it locked away until now, based on the true story. And then you see the Conjuring uh, title screen, 
which is all kind of a cool effect too. Like it's free, they freeze frame them, show the words kind of scrolling up, and then the conjuring scrolls up, you know, Star Wars style almost. Then you cut to uh, uh, another screen on the bottom that says 1971 Harrisville, Rhode Island. And uh, I think it's the outside of the house, right? And then, mm-hmm. then you see the uh, the, fam- the 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 Perrin family arriving to their new house. So it's a uh, mom and a dad and five girls, ranging in age. I'm assuming probably from like what five or six all the way up to eighteen mm-hmm. or so. How you know seems to be about yeah. the age range. Yeah. And they have a dog named Sadie, and like they're all going into the house to check it out for the first time, and Sadie won't go in. Now that's your first flag right there, right? When the dog is like, "No, I yeah. ain't going in this fucking house." <laughs> maybe you don't th- maybe you won't necessarily make the leap to say that the house is haunted but you gotta at least be like what the hell you know <laughs> you know from all these movies and from everything that happens now anytime you see an animal doing something that's odd like oh, you know this staring at the corner for too long you know like hmm <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know something um, I don't know you see something I can't see but yeah there was, there was one little tip there for them yeah, you know, context clues. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but context yeah. clues, you know. <laughs> yeah. Something just just the first of many wacky things before the shit goes down. One of the little I think it's the youngest girl, April, she finds a music box. I get they don't show her finding it, but she finds it somewhere and she's down by the pond, like messing around with it. The rest of the girls are playing this uh the, what do they call it, like hide and clap? It's basically hide and seek where they, they kinda run and you have to clap, you know, like and then to give somebody a hint, right? Yeah, to give them a hint to where you know where you're hiding at. So they're playing around. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, similar yeah. to that. <laughs> they're messing around doing this, and one of them kind of like uh, hides in the, this little closet, and then they're kind of roughhousing a little bit. And she falls backwards and like busts a hole in the wall, and then they realize there's a hidden cellar, um, up like behind this wall. Then uh, Carolyn, the mom, she wakes up the next morning to find out that she's got like bruises on her. And then she notices that the clock had stopped at 3.07 a.m. And I think she also notices this when she sees, like, she, she sees it on one clock, like the grandfather clock or something. Then she sees it mm. on another clock later on, and that's when you know something's up. Especially in this day and age, like, this is 1971, so it's not like you got, they, I don't think they had digital clocks back then, right? So, I mean, like, these are, like, the wind-up clocks and stuff. So, what are the odds that a grandfather clock and a wind-up clock <laughs> gonna stop, are going to stop the together at 3.07 a.m.? <laughs> that's context clue number two, kids. Blues clues. <laughs> Roger, the dad, he, uh, he goes down to the cellar and kind of, you know, just to check it out the next day, and he finds a bunch of old stuff. There's a piano and just random old antiques and stuff. Once again, the youngest kid, April, she she kind of runs outside to find the dog, and she finds the dog mangled and dead, like you know, up in the bushes. Something got a hold of it, and it's dead. Blues clues number three. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I guess you know you're out in the country; anything could have got a hold of it, right? So all these things are could be easily explained otherwise. I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, up to this point, right? Yeah, yeah, but still, you know, goofy shit's going on. Um, then on the bottom of the screen says Monroe, Connecticut, Warren's home. So you're introduced to uh, Ed and Lorraine properly, like at their house and everything. Ed is inside the house with a reporter showing him the evil. I don't know what they call the room. I guess it's like their little paranormal museum or something for the sake Probably. of uh, what the way we'll describe it. It's basically an evil room. It's got, it's got all <laughs> these like uh, satanic, demonic, cursed artifacts and items in this room where basically they go in their cases and then they just stick this shit in a room because yep. the room is blessed and uh, they figure it's just as safe here as it would be anywhere else. And like he tells... Um, uh, one of the guys in the room, right? Or did he? I forget who that guy was—a reporter. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. I even looked yeah. it up. They just call him reporter. So yeah, he's like reporter. A reporter. Oh. I guess just doing a story about the room and Annabelle about the room in the room. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that reporter even tells him, like, why do you keep this stuff anyway? Why don't you just incinerate it? And he says, well, then that would just get rid of the vessel, but then the spirit would leave and go into something else or someone mm-hmm. else. Which that's a little bit of foreshadowing about what happens a little bit later on in the movie, yeah, to an extent, like. You know, it wouldn't do you any good, right? And then, of course, uh, the, the Annabelle doll is in, and the reporter asks him about the Annabelle doll, you know, whatever. And then they hear something, they turn around, and uh, the Warren's daughter, Judy, is hiding in there. Which, why in the hell you want to mess around in the evil room? You know, <laughs> I guess kids and their curiosity, right? But <laughs> yeah. I think if I was stupid enough to have an evil room in my house, I'd probably beat the shit out of my kids <laughs> if you went in there. <laughs> yeah, the key or whatever, the, the access to the room, well, I know that he was in the room at that point, but. Yeah, I'm assuming she's just slamming Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That's like, if you think the keys to the liquor cabinet are uh, tough to attain. <laughs> yeah. How about the keys to the to the devil <laughs> room? <laughs> yeah, I think I think if I had a collection like this, I'd buy out like one of those old banks. And guess what's in the yeah, vault? vaults. It's in the vault. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee you this much, though. It wouldn't be in my house. It'd be... <laughs> It'd be off premises, you know. Like it would at least be a shed on the back of the property. I, I wouldn't sleep <laughs> under the same roof as this shit. <laughs> but you know, regardless, that's the warrants for you. Um, and that's that's legit too, right? I mean, this is a real room. Yeah. Like, it's not just for the movie. Yeah, like they had a they had an evil room. <laughs> um, and I assume it's still there, being curated by someone. Now I, I would, I would hope warned, so. But I know they have the do- uh, daughter. But I don't know. But I. No, the room was mentioned. It, it it's there still. Yeah, I would I would hope that if they've gone through the trouble of collecting these artifacts and guarding this room, that they at least had it in their will that <laughs> there would be some safe measures going down. You know, so that they get distributed to family members they don't care that much for. No, no, not so. That. It's not like as soon as she died, it's like <laughs> releasing the containment unit in Ghostbusters. You know? <laughs> it's time to refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand with a parade of items to tempt your taste. Hot buttered popcorn, golden good and fresh from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich and full of flavor, ice cream and other good things to eat, plus ice cold Coca-Cola. So bright, so bracing, with a taste and tingle all its own. Uh, And Annabelle Dog goes to Uncle, you know, Uncle John. <laughs> yeah. And instead of uh, miss me letters, everybody's getting see you soon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. And I still haven't seen the new, uh, but a, a, a slight digression, I still haven't seen the new Annabelle movie, Annabelle Comes Home. But it's it's oh. basically the premise of that movie is uh, all the shit in that room starts getting loose, right? Mm. It's not yep. directly about Annabelle. It's, I think the premise of that one is the Warren's evil room has been let loose a little bit. I, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely want to check it out. Anyways, back to the movie. They take Ed finds Judy in, hiding in the room, and he kind of takes her back out of there, and he's talking to Lorraine. And then uh, apparently they have another case, or the priest or someone is called, and there's another case, and he doesn't want to take Lorraine on it because uh, he's worried about the toll that's taking on her, you know, doing these doing these cases. Um so later on that night, they're asleep and, you know, back at the parents' house. And uh, Christine wakes up and uh, she feels a tug at her foot. And she wakes up and she blames her sister Nancy for it. And then she says something about uh, quit farting because it stinks in here. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of like, once again, it's another one of the blues clues, right? But, you know, kinda, yeah. all right, whatever. Then the, uh, later that night, or, or I guess kind of at the same time, the dad, Roger, he hears noises and he look, he's looking around the house and doesn't really see anything. And then he sees one of the daughters, Cindy, she's sleepwalking. And she's like walking into this closet. There's like a like a shiffer robe or something, a closet in the room that was there when they moved in. And uh, she's just kind of like banging her head up against it as she's sleepwalking. So he just kind of guides her back to the bed. Don't wake her up, you know. The, the old, you know, don't wake up somebody. The sleepwalking thing. Next morning, uh, they real uh, Roger realizes that Carolyn has more bruises on her. You know, more context clues. Something's going on. These unexplained bruises on mom. The youngest girl, April, she's talking to Rory. She says that his name is Rory. I. I guess at this point you're assuming it's just a ghost in the house or something. Maybe it's her imaginary friend. Yeah. Um, but she says she's talking to Rory and she's got this little music box and she says if you if you look into the little mirror in the music box and I guess what she says when the music stops you can see him behind you or something. So she's kind of the mom. She's explaining this to her mom, Carolyn. She's kind of looking into the box and it's spinning and the music playing. And then it stops and you kind of freeze there for a minute and then April jumps up and scares her. So you don't really see anything. Once again, you know, the effective jump scare, you know, yeah. they kind of get you. It's almost like those things on the Internet where they get you to like, look here, you'll, oh, yeah. you'll look closely, you'll see Michael Jackson's ghost. And then when you lean in to look, you're like, yeah, <laughs> it just scares the shit out of you. It's almost like that. Like you're kind of yeah. like, you're waiting for the music to stop and then it kind of takes a pause. There's no music, there's no anything, and you're kind of like leaning in and then, <laughs> um, the mom, Carolyn, and April now, she wants to play the uh, hide and clap game. So, because apparently the bigger girls don't ever let her play. So, mom's playing with her. and She goes, April goes and hides and then she's clapping. And then uh, mom walks into the bedroom and she hears the clap in the, uh, in the uh, closet that's in there. And uh, she knows for sure, like, she's in there. And, and this was a pretty cool little scene, too, where, like, oh, yeah. uh, the hand, like, the, the closet door's open. So, she's like, ha, ha, I got you. But she's still blindfolded. And then the hands come out of the closet and make the clap noise. And then she, yeah, she, at that point, she goes over to the closet and like starts digging. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and, then, and then she hears April behind her. She's like, what? Pulls the blindfold off and starts looking through the closet and like nothing's there. And I think at this point, too, the audience, from what I'm looking correct me if I'm wrong, I think you also are not sure whether that's April or not at that point. Because, I mean, you hear the, the clap clap from somewhere in the house like she does, but not necessarily... True, where it's yeah. coming from her. you don't know that it's not her until yeah. she until, until april runs past her in the background yeah yeah but the time the same time she notices that <laughs> yeah then it wasn't oh, her. Fuck. <laughs> that is not april in that closet <laughs> well i don't know man the arms that came out of there were a lot bigger than yeah yeah i think yeah and knowing the type of movie that it is that yeah, yeah probably not the daughter <laughs> but, yeah you put two and two together but uh I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're to assume it's the little boy in the house rory right the little the ghost or whatever um, mm. That that playing the game too. Yeah, playing the game. We're just fucking with them. Um, and there again. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, this is your house, uh, <laughs> Rory. That's your name, right? You can have it. <laughs> I don't need anything. I mean, anything at all from this house. You can take it. <laughs> I will literally go anywhere else, but here. Yeah. <laughs> and never mention that any of this happened ever again. <laughs> Don't so play the clapping game. Just put these mittens on real quick. <laughs> so now, By the way, again, never playing the clapping game. <laughs> no, they can't get enough of this clap game. Apparently. <laughs> uh, so now, uh, you know, fast forward to the eve- you know the night. They're, uh, everybody's asleep, and once again, Christine blames her sister Nancy for grabbing her feet and, and yanking her. 
And uh, this time she gets pulled pretty hard and realizes it's not her. It's not her sister doing it. So she kind of looks down the edge of the bed, didn't see anything. You know, obviously looks over at Nancy, she's asleep. And then she fully, like, looks completely under the bed. And this was a cool uh, photography trick, you know, where they kind of flipped it. Yeah. You know, oh, where yeah. obviously yeah. it's upside down, but the, 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 the tracking or the, I don't know what you would call it, the turn that they did with the camera where they basically flipped the shot was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but she's looking under the bed and, and sees something, I guess, and then she rises back up. That's when they do the, the flip trick with well, the camera. Yeah, I think, I think it was the door slowly opening. Yeah, but the, like the door kind of slowly. Actually, I think it's kind of like, I think it's open, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it starts it, it, it to kind of slow. Yeah. yeah, it starts to kind of close. And she sees something behind the door, but you can't really, the audience can't really tell if there's anything back there. But she says she sees someone behind the door. Her sister Nancy wakes up, and uh, she actually gets up to look behind the door, doesn't see anything. And she turns around and says, I don't see anything. And then Christine's like, no, it's standing right behind you. <laughs> and then I'll see, that, that little girl right there, the, the one that stayed in the bed, God, she played that scene so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you believe her. Because, <laughs> like, there's nothing to see there, and she's playing it, like, so intense. You're, like, sitting on the edge of your seat, like, yeah. what the Yeah, you're trying to, like, trying to, like, squint into the shadows. Is there something back there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you can't see anything. Uh, the audience, yeah. again, can't see anything. Yeah. She, yeah. she swears up and down. There's somebody standing right behind her sister. And then, all of a sudden, the, the door slams shut, and then they start screaming. As well. Yeah, obviously. So the parents come busting in after the door slams, and they start and they start screaming. They don't obviously they don't see anything, but then Christine's freaking out, and she says that whatever whoever it was told her that it wants her family dead. So now I think this is kind of where it starts ratcheting up, right? Like, yeah, everything gets this, to be more, a bit more intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you know something evil is afoot for sure. Where up to this point, it's just kind of jump scare type stuff. But now you know something's going on in this house. Carolyn, the mom, she's at night. I think this is after like the dad. Like had a truck. He's like a truck driver or something, right? Mm -hmm. he, has a, he has a job. So he's out. He's not there. So Carolyn's by herself there with the, uh, with the girls at home. And she, she hears the clap game. She's like, all right, girls, you know, it's, it's late. Y'all need to go to bed. She checks on all the girls and they're all asleep. So then you start hearing like she i guess she hears the claps throughout the house and then all of a sudden like they have a bunch of pictures like you know at least uh oh yeah a, a, a dozen or so yeah a whole whole row of pictures going down the steps and it and they all just fall all at once and just crash all over the steps and so she goes downstairs to check it out and then she what the the, the cellar door i think is open and then she hears that piano down in the cellar go dum 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 yeah, the altitude old altitude piano that was yeah, yeah, introduced yeah. in the scene earlier when they moved. Yeah, out. yeah, when they checked when they found the cellar. Yeah. Um, so she kind of looks down there, doesn't see anything, and says, "All right, whoever's down there, you know, I'm going to call the cops." Whatever the hell she says, and then the 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 door shuts and she falls down the steps. So now she's basically trapped down in the in the cellar, and then a ball comes out of nowhere and like bounces by itself like, out of the cellar, you know, or in the cellar, but, like, out of, like, this heap of shit in the corner. Yeah. A ball comes bouncing by itself, and she hears giggles or laughs or whatever. And then, of course, the, the one light bulb that's hanging there, it, it blows out. So she has to light a match in the dark. You know, she kind of creeping back up the steps. And then all of a sudden, you see a pair of hands come up behind her head and... Yeah, that was very effective in the movie theater. I mean, it's effective outside oh, of the yeah. theater, but definitely in the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. And by the um, way, those two claps are my last two heartbeats. Yeah, oh yeah. 
<laughs> All they'll find me is uh, they'll find me dead at the bottom of the steps in a heap of my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in there still locked up with you. You hear the clap. Meanwhile, basically, I get, you cut to the next scene, but this is basically going on at the same time. Cindy is up there sleepwalking again. This time she's walking into the, you know, she's doing the same bit where she's sleepwalking, but she's like banging her head against the closet. Then her, her the older sister, uh, Andrea, grabs her and lays her down. Then the closet starts knocking again, even though Cindy's uh, laying in the bed. Um, then, like, Andrea kind of slowly makes her way over there, and then Cindy sits straight up in the bed, like, Undertaker style, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yells or something, and then you see, like, this damn ghoul sitting on top of the on top of the closet and it jumps all it jumps on top of Andrea and starts attacking her. And then that's when everybody busts in. Um, and I'm assuming during this, that's when uh, Carolyn gets out of the uh, cellar too, you know, for all the, well, I thought, I thought that was when the dad pulled up from home. Yeah, you're right. Like, he comes house, home. Yeah. Like, I guess he gets her out of there and then they run upstairs to see what the hell's going on. So once again, now pure evil has arrived, right? <laughs> There's no doubt about it now. Um, and they decide to start living in the, uh, in the living room. No. Yeah. Well, I no. guess that's the least you could do. I'm out the door, but <laughs> at least let's all sleep in the same room. I'll give them that. <laughs> We've got all our money tied up in this house. Hey, I believe they had credit cards back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure they did, or at least credit lines. <laughs> well, the sure dad's got a rig. I assume he's got a bed in the rig. We'll just park it you know, somewhere way down the road, like the next yeah, like, county. Yeah, this is Rhode <laughs> Island. Country, wherever. Yeah, yeah. This is Rhode Island. I'm going to California. <laughs> so now you cut to the next scene you're at the massachusetts western university wakefield that's what it says at the bottom of the screens and the warrens once again are giving another lecture about exorcism and they kind of like a show of past exorcism up on the screen so carolyn the mom is there and she goes up to the warrens afterwards and asks them for help like kind of briefly tells them what's going on and asks them for help so they agree so they uh eventually the warrens arrive to uh kind of inspect the house there's you know, kind of this long scene where they're kind of walking through, like they meet the girls and the, and, and the, uh, the dad and everything, and they just kind of see where things have happened in the house. And then the little girl, April, shows Lorraine that music box, and she's doing the same bit where she's looking at the mirror, like, you know, when the music stops, she'll see something. And then she actually sees Rory, the ghost, or whatever, for a brief second there. So she kind of looks, by, you know, behind her, doesn't see anything. So, you know, after kind of the tour of the house, she goes outside, and there's a tree out, like, uh, there's kind of like the, the house, and there's a big yard, and there's like a tree with a huge branch on it, and then there's like a pond a little bit beyond that. So she's kind of standing underneath that tree looking out at the pond, and uh, she hears something and sees, I guess turns around and sees the body of someone hanging from the tree. And then that's kind of when they do the recap of like, yeah, like you got something going on here. Uh, as soon as I walked in, I saw like uh, a dark spirit behind the mom. I saw the same spirit behind the girls with some other shit in the house, right? That she pointed out. Like, so she sees all this in the house and they agree to help the parents. Like, you know, basically they say, all right, you need an exorcism of this house, but we have to get proof and send it to the Catholic or just show the Catholic church. So they'll, they'll send in some priests to do the exorcism. So they go home and the, uh, the warrants do, and they start doing some research. And then I think this is when they point out that basically it was like, Bathsheba, like some Salem witch or something, right? Which I think yeah. I did briefly say see that that you know that was part of the true part of it too. Like that mm. they they came to the conclusion that this was the uh, the spirit or demon or whatever of this witch that it apparently had died in the Salem witch trials. And then they're kind of sitting there talking about this, you know, comparing the research notes or whatever. And then like uh, Ed Warren has a, a tape recorder that he brings in there. 
And then he plays the tape, and like, what was it? The mom? You couldn't hear the mom's voice. Yeah. So like, yeah, you know, like, I'm talking to her. Like, he would ask her a question, and then you couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Which that's that's pretty messed up, right? But then like, <laughs> so he cuts it off, and they're talking about this, and all of a sudden the tape recorder starts playing by itself. <laughs> and it's you know like it's like talking backwards, like Paul is dead, number nine, whatever the hell you know it's saying. <laughs> rip, 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 rip. Yeah, yeah, whatever it's saying. Like there's clearly some uh, crazy shit, and they're just sitting there looking at it, like you know. Well, that's Friday night for you, you know. <laughs> Me, once again, I'm shitting myself, throwing the tape in the fire, and then running away. <laughs> They're sitting there, is this weird, or is this... <laughs> so then you cut to uh, Team Warren, you know, the Warrens, and, like, a couple of their assistants. One of them is, like, a co- uh, like a uh, off-duty cop or something. They come to set up, so there's, like, this set-up montage where they're setting up cameras and... And whatnot, you know, like early 70s style cameras and shit, you know, everywhere. And uh, so they can capture if anything happens and they have like a little thermometer thing. So if like the temperature drops, it will snap a picture and all this stuff, you know, paranormal investigation type gear. So then like they're setting up and like it was funny, like that uh, one of the little bell rings and like a door opens and it turns out it's like the cop t- and they're taking the shit. And he comes out and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Had to go. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're all like, Whoa, it's a ghost. Ooh. It stinks in there. I wouldn't go in there, man. I smell that smell again. That smell. It smells like death. <laughs> that's sulfur? No. It smells like the pits of hell itself. <laughs> oh, man. I can't take this shit. <laughs> man, I wouldn't have any more milk any, anymore, dude. I, I think you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> I wouldn't go in there for 15 to 35 minutes. Oh, my bad. Somebody my open bad. a window. <laughs> We need a young priest and an old priest. Oh, too close to the vest here, my bad. <laughs> so then a little bit later on, the cellar door actually opens by itself. So they, of course, they grab all their gear and they go downstairs to kind of like record the sounds and stuff to see if they, they don't really see anything. And then the door slams shut. And that kind of freaks, like when they go out of the cellar, they haven't really seen anything. And then all of a sudden the cellar door slams shut by itself. So they, you know, they kind of stay there for the night. And the next morning, Lorraine... Is out like uh, you know doing the parents' laundry as uh, the mom is upstairs like taking a nap you know because it's been a, it's been a long night. Then uh, the laundry like it's it's a bunch of sheets and stuff hanging off a laundry line outside. There all of a sudden like storm clouds roll in. Uh, it's really windy and one of the sheets flies off and then it like flies it lands onto like an invisible figure standing there. Like for a brief moment it kind of like yeah. hits a it hits like somebody standing there and then it flies away goes up and hits the window upstairs and then it falls down and you see somebody standing in the window of the bedroom where Carolyn is sleeping. So Lorraine's like, oh shit, and runs into the house to see what's going on. Carolyn is in there asleep and then a, a bruise appears on her arm, like, you know, an invisible hand is grabbing her arm and you can see the bruise rise up on her arm. And then uh, she wakes up and, and screams and looks up and there's uh, the demon, I guess Bathsheba, is up above, like hovering over the bed, kind of like, almost like vomits her spirit into <laughs> into uh carolyn just <laughs> this might be a good time to mention too there was a lot of scenes in here to, to me that kind of reminded me of evil dead or at least the sam raimi uh way oh, of yeah. doing things true even the makeup yeah. on some of the like the, yeah yeah like the spirit above the yeah that's you the yeah. makeup yeah, yeah very yeah. much evil dead is <laughs> very it very much reminded me of evil dead or uh you know just sam raimi's work or particularly, especially the, uh, the 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 demon like throwing up in her mouth. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, um, holy shit! I'm uh, drag me to hell. Yes. Yeah. Drag me to hell. Yeah. Now I can't wait till we watch that movie. Just talk to talk about <laughs> yeah. the sheer amount of vomiting 
into someone's yeah. mouth that happens in that movie. Um, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. If, if you know, if you've seen that. So then, like Lorraine, uh, so she gets like you know this demon yaks in her mouth or whatever, and then Lorraine comes busting in, and then Carolyn's like uh, you know comes out of the bathroom and acts like nothing happened. So once again, now you know, like she's done been possessed, and now you know she's trying to play it off. So then you go outside, and Ed uh, Warren is out fixing this car, like he's got like an old Chevy or something, you know, that he he wants to work on, and um, he tells Roger, who walks up, you know, why he's fixing the car about Lorraine seeing something horrible, like in this exorcism that they did. Uh, this, and they kind of show a flashback of like this thing, this guy getting exercised or whatever, like grabs a hold of her and. She looks into his eyes and sees something and then just loses it, you know, starts screaming. And he never, she never told him what it was, but he knew that it took a toll on her. So that's kind of that little side story of like how this is, uh, you know, doing these things beats up on her, takes a toll on her. So then you cut to later on that night and they, uh, Brad is the uh, like off duty cop that they have with them. He hears something, looks outside, doesn't really see anything, and turns around, and turns around when he hears somebody say, Look what you made me do. And then he's like, what the fuck? And he turns around, and then it's like right in his face. Look what you made me do! You know, screams in his face, so he's freaking out. That's kind of like, that starts the night of crazy shit. Because then almost immediately, the little girl Cindy, who's, uh, I think she's the one that's been uh, sleepwalking, right? She's walking mm-hmm. upstairs, and like, they see her doing it. You know, she's sleepwalking again. So they like, yeah, hey, don't touch her. You know, we might be able to get a picture of what's going on here. So she kind of walks up the stairs on her own. And, um goes into a room and then the door slams shut you don't see anything with her but you assume that something's <clears throat> you know kind of forcing her to do this guiding her or something. yeah so they they uh go into the room and she's not in there and then they eventually search around and they find her like by there's like a little hole in the wall behind that closet and she's up in there so lorraine goes in to kind of like look around and then she sees like a little it's like a dusty shelf and there's a spot that's perfect for that little music box so that's clearly where this music box has been sitting all these years and she, I guess she got it out of there or maybe somehow, you know, the ghost gave it to her or whatever the hell. But that's where it's been all these years. And she finds this dusty noose in the, in there on the shelf too. And then right when she's kind of looking at that, like, uh, she falls down. It's kind of hard to describe like where she falls. Like she, I guess she falls down between the walls or, cause I don't think she goes all the way down to the cellar, right? She just like the floor gives out and she just kind of yeah, like falls walls. inside the house. I guess into the walls of the house. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like in between, I guess maybe, uh, yeah. you know, down to the, towards the foundation or something. I don't know, but it's, it's in the walls. Mm-hmm. And then she hears laughter or whatever. And then she picks up that music box. She sees a woman, like, you know, she's looking in the mirror of that music box and she sees a woman like holding a kid. It's like, it's like a dead kid and she's just crying or, kind of like half crying half laughing and uh she says uh or she sees it and then it was a pretty cool scene when the the ghoul or whatever the ghost whatever the hell it is it kind of slowly turns around and looks at her you know as she's looking at her in the box and she turns around right, and it's yeah. not there she turns around at where it was behind her and it's not there and she turns around and then it's screaming in her face she made me do it and then she so it's obviously she's freaking out and then she turns to see, like, she's hiding underneath something or looking underneath something. And then she sees uh, a woman hanging, like, feet dangling, like it's hanging. And then that's when yeah. she that's when she hauls out, hauls <laughs> ass out of there, as one should definitely do, you know, and should have done days before this, but whatever. <laughs> then you uh, cut to, like, she goes back upstairs or whatever. And then uh, Nancy, one of the girls, gets uh, pulled around the room by her hair. Like, cl- something clearly grabs her hair and just, like, slinging her around the room. It's like she literally takes like a pair of scissors and cuts her hair off to get her loose. And uh, <laughs> then that's when they're uh, they're all getting the hell out of here now. And uh, 
Oh, now it's a good idea. <laughs> I think I think basically now, like, all right, well, now we have enough evidence. We can we can get the Catholic Church to get an exorcism on this house, and now we're getting the fuck out of here. So you know they load up all the girls in a car to get the fuck out, and then the warrants go. All right, we're gonna uh, go develop this film and you know get the evidence to the church. And while they're doing all that, like Lorraine is down by the water and she sees her daughter Judy in the water, like almost like floating in the water. So then she runs back in the house and calls her mom to check on her. And she's fine. So clearly, I guess it's just the demon fucking with her because they're because they're in this house, you know. So the parents go off to a hotel. And then the Warrens go, you know, show this footage to, uh, they go to a church and show this footage to a priest who agrees to, like, kind of, like, I'll speed up the process and, you know, get the Vatican to check this out because they see, you know, how serious this is. Then you cut to Judy, you know, the Warrens' daughter at the Warrens' home. She wakes up and, of course, she goes to the evil room and she looks in. And then he, I, I'm not sure if it was, uh, not sure if she noticed it or not, but Annabelle was gone. When she looks in the room, you can see Annabelle's not in that case. She's gone. Mm. Um, then eventually she goes into another room and gets locked in the room. And then there's somebody sitting there like in a rocking chair holding Annabelle. And then Annabelle's head turns slowly to look at her. And then she starts screaming. Then the ones, of course, come home and like, bust in the door. And then a chair, the chair that was the rocking chair that uh, Annabelle was in gets launched across the room. And the dad, you know, Ed just picks her up just in time and it doesn't hit her. Then they go and she says something about Annabelle. So they go into the, uh, evil room the the room to see and then annabelle's still in the case like nothing happened so clearly some uh some high level fuckery is going on here <laughs> and here again like i guess they didn't have the rights to use the raggedy ann doll mm-hmm. but like even though like the annabelle doll that they use is creepy as hell mm. i think about a saw like a raggedy ann whose like neck is stiff starting to turn yeah <laughs> Yeah. Damn, that would have been scary. Yeah. <laughs> with that creepy, like, uh, sewn-in smile with the button yeah. eyes. Meanwhile, Raggedy Ann doll sales plummet. as a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is what we discussed in the Annabelle episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure that's the reason. For no other reason than that, I'm sure they wanted to have nothing to do with it. So anyway, so now uh, the parents are at the hotel. I think the dad shows back up, and then uh, the other girls are like, hey, uh, Mom just left, and she took Christine and April with it, you know, the two younger girls. She took them, uh, or two of the younger girls. She took them, uh, she took them with her. So they're like, mm. to go back to the house. I'm like, oh, shit, now we all got to go to the house. So they go back to the house, which is, you know, way down the list of things you should probably do in this situation. But I guess, you know, <laughs> in this scenario where she's taking them, clearly taking two girls back to the house, I guess you probably should. So they go back and, of course, they find Carolyn down in the cellar with the girls. And she's about to, like, stab one of them. I think the youngest one or whatever. Um, no, no, she's got the, uh, Christine. I'm sorry. She's got a hold of her and then they kind of wrestle her away and they're holding on to her. And then uh, they grab a hold of Carol and the mom, and they're trying to get her out of the house. And then, like, as they're approaching the front door, like, her skin starts burning. So it's like, yeah, yeah, the demon's got a hold of her. It won't let her leave. And then she kind of, like, gets loose and then, like, gets drugged all the way back down into the cellar again. So they run back down there, and she's down there, like, full-on, like, exorcist demon, you know, demoning out down there in the cellar. Their assist, the Warren's assistant, Drew, he's uh, in, uh, in other parts of the house looking for April. She got missing during the melee. So then back to the cellar, they tie Carolyn down to a chair. And uh, Ed decides, Ed Warren decides to perform the exorcism, even though he's not necessarily qualified to do it. You know, this is a serious situation, so he's decided <laughs> to go ahead and do it. He decided, hold my beer. 
<laughs> Demons ain't got shits on me. <laughs> I see this um, done once or twice, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I get. I guess you know, in this situation, he's been through a few of them. I guess he figures he's as qualified as the next guy to do it, right? So I mean, it's just but, reading out of this book, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is this Latin terms? <laughs> I mean, if, if if the movie Monster Squad has taught us anything, it's yeah. reading out of books to demons and monsters. It's pretty easy. <laughs> hey, uh, Bruce Campbell can do. Wait a minute, no, Bruce Campbell can't. Yeah, <laughs> no. Klatu Verata necktie. Necktie. So then you cut to there's some uh, birds outside. It's like almost like they're flocking to the house, and they're just flying into the house and like. Busting through windows and stuff like they're just ramming themselves into the house. Then uh, that back down the cellar, Carolyn starts to levitate in the chair. Like she's sitting in the chair, she starts to levitate. So she's floating up, and then the chair flips upside down, and like the chair is like sitting on the ceiling. <laughs> then of course it falls down. Like she falls flat on her back, the chair busts. Um, but now she's loose out of the chair. Then you cut back to Drew. He's still looking for April throughout the house, and he finds her. Like she's done crawled under the floorboard some damn how. Either she got put there or she's. Found a hole. Hiding there somehow. Yeah, somehow. She's got under the floorboard. At any rate, Drew like yells it out, I found her! And then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, I found her under here. And then that's when Caroline, Carolyn, who just got out of the chair, hears She's her under the starts, kitchen floor! Yeah, she's in the cellar, so she basically just yeah. crawls under the floorboards to go find her ass. So then that's when kind of like, uh, they kind of corner Carolyn up, you know, and then she's struggling. She's clearly like trying to fight the demon inside. You know, they're kind of like helping the process along, you know, the Warrens and, and her husband and everything. And then finally, it's like the demon lets go. She basically just throws it back up, which I wouldn't think, you know, uh, a demon letting loose would be that easy, right? Just fight it a little bit and throw it up. It's over. You know, we're all good. Yeah, no, like a, like it the actually, to be a little bit more of a usually, fight. Yeah, yeah. And usually it goes into somebody and they die or something. <laughs> well, yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. learn anything from the Exorcist movies. Yeah, yeah. If you learn anything from other movies that are similar to this, somebody usually dies, but not in this one. <laughs> yeah. She basically just yaks it up. So really all she needed to do in the end was stick her finger down her throat and the demon would be gone. But, uh... <laughs> So then, like, the next morning, like, they're all leaving out, like, you know, it's the happy ending or whatever. And parents, I guess, go their separate way, and the Warrens go on back home. Then it shows Ed putting that music box into the, uh, you know, the evil room. Like, he's adding it to the collection. <laughs> and then you see on the screen, diabolical forces are formidable. These forces are eternal, and they exist today. The fairy tale is true. The devil exists. God exists. And for us, as people... Our very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow. And that was a quote from Ed Warren. Then you see, once again, after that, the music box is playing and it's spinning. And it's that, it's, once again, it's the same deal. You're kind of leaning in like, oh, fuck, what are we going to see? And the music stops and it kind of pauses there for a minute. And then that's it. It just goes. <laughs> yeah, and, and right there where it did that, like, I like paused it and like rewound it. And I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it's <laughs> once again, it's just trying to get you to lean in. So you're really paying attention, and then, you know, maybe that last little jump scare with the, you know, the little sound effect. That's pretty much it. And then it shows some uh, real pictures of the uh, Perrin family and uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren and their daughter, Judy. And then you pretty much that's it. You have the end credits. That is the beginning of the Conjuring Universe franchise from 2013, The Conjuring. All right, so uh, as we usually do here, we give a star rating. So, Will, what's your star rating on The Conjuring? Yeah, I'm going to give this one a four. Uh I thought this was a real solid movie all the way through. 
uh, definitely had you sitting on the edge of your seat, like trying to see what was happening next. So yeah, I, I loved it. What about you, Smoke? Uh, yep, I saw it. Like I said, this is the third time now I've seen it. It grows on each time. I think it's uh, bears repeat viewings. First time I liked it a lot. Second time, maybe even exponentially more. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it again sometime. Probably pull it out another year or so and give it another watch. I think it's. I think it builds on the paranormal genre. It uh, doesn't, I mean, you know, you plays around with the same stereotypes, but I think it ups the ante in certain areas. I give it a solid one star. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <What>? give, it, uh, <laughs> I give it four as well. I think it's great. I think well, it's I, a great modern masterpiece, so to speak. I think this doesn't happen very often, but I think I'm going to totally agree. I give it four stars. So four stars across the board. Um, I think it uh, hits every note it wants to hit. It's not, it's not uh, a gory movie, but it doesn't have to be, obviously. I mean, there's a couple moments, but not many. Um, it's visceral in that way, you know, you know, it kind of scares you in other ways. I mean, there's a lot of cheap jump scares and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just, I mean, it, it doesn't get derivative either, which is kind of, it's just strange that it plays with all the same tropes that horror movies have been playing with for, since the silent era, almost, when it comes to haunted house type movies, if you want to call it that, ghost, demonic possession stuff. Yeah. But still manages to be original in its own way, even though it's using those same horror stereotypes and cheap jump scares and everything. Yeah. I think that the one element of this that's different from a lot of those movies is the fact that it's the Warrens. And like you, I think True. you alluded to earlier, Will, that you know, they kind of played the, play it from their perspective right? as opposed to the family's perspective. I think that's what kind of sets it apart from a lot of these True. movies that are very similar. Um, yeah, I, I've seen it. I know I've seen it three times. I'm pretty sure I've seen it four times now. See, and I enjoy it every time. I'm like, it, it doesn't get old to me. Something I'll say about this movie is like in a, in a day and age where like everybody's trying to do more and more like CG green screen stuff. Mm-hmm. Like like this was awesome because it, it, I feel like for the for a good majority of the movie it just went the other way. Like yeah, here spooky stuff's going on, but it's implied, and and yeah. they just got the right group of people to to act this out and. Man, it really, it yeah, really just brought it home. It's well written. It's well casted. It's well acted. It's well directed. I mean, you know, it's it uh, it hits a lot of the marks that, that any good movie does. You know, I don't know if this is like an Oscar worthy type picture, but as far as horror Oscars are concerned, it's pretty high up. I, I, you know, like if there's yeah, such a thing, like I mean, I, and it I wasn't a damn remake at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that too. You know, like once we once again, day day, to, once we alluded to earlier, you know, with the. Uh, you know, that was like what the uh, original R-rated, one of the highest original R-rated movies, mm-hmm. gross or whatever. So, yeah, that tells you that, you know, it's, 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 it's astonishing what original material will get. It's not always a hit, but, you know, just give us some new ideas, some fresh ideas, some new perspectives on old stuff, yeah. you know, and, and it will and it will do well, you know, as long as you don't get stupid, you know, <laughs> stay practical. You know, I, I think that's that's. Yeah. That's one of the lessons that this will teach you. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be over-the-top gore. It doesn't have to be, you know, high CG or anything like that. Just keep it practical and keep it down to earth a little bit, and, you know, you'll you'll see success. And that's, you know, this one has seen plenty of it and the movies that have followed it. And I don't see an end to this anytime soon as long as they keep cranking them out like they have. Maybe pretty soon we can dive into, you know, sooner or later we can dive into The Conjuring 2 and some of the other movies. Um, you know, we can kind of keep this series going because I think we've all enjoyed it so far, you know, through watching the first two. So I guess with that, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, you guys got anything to add before we, before we lock up shop? I'm good. You smoke? 
No, I'm good. I'm good. I guess we'll go ahead and place this episode on the uh, the Evil Room shelf. <laughs> and uh, so this has been episode 14 of the All American Spook Show podcast. Join us for the next episode, whenever and whatever that may be. For Will, for Smoke, I'm Josh. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why are we playing this game? Uh, God, smoke's got to clap. Might not make it for the next episode. (laughs) It's the time of the season for lovely. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.